0: This is Runehammer.
1: Buried in the labyrinthine underground tunnels of Deep Vault, forged by the Titans of old
0: into Drunken off the spirits of 10,000 gavels, judging you in the
1: mirror every morning, is the RPG mainframe.
0: It's judging you with the fall of a thousand gavels in the mirror that was amazing. every morning? <laughs>
1: I loved it. Oh god. That was that was dude. I just I uh, halfway through I turned off. I blacked out during that part. I don't I love know it. what
0: happened.
2: Hey, it's if total, you don't black out, you're
0: not trying. <laughs> that's that's what true I've heard. with
2: everything. Like drinking, weightlifting.
0: Okay, so truck, let's truck driving skydiving. Let's talk about the dead man's guide to dragon crib. First of all, well done, my friends. Well done. So Thank you, you guys have have killed it once again. Um, thanks. So Today for uh, RPG Mainframe, I wanted to talk to you guys about Dragon Grin, about Dead Man's Guide, but I wanted to take it to a wacky new dimension, and instead of talking about the contents of it, which partially I just want to save that until we all get the book and we all then we can fully discover it, but also um, just to stay true to the spirit of RPG Mainframe, I wanted to dig more into the pineal gland rather than the frontal cortex with you guys and get into the limbic system about how and why you guys create what you create. So to get started, um, thanks for showing up, by the way. I have Tim Carney here and Barker from Absolute Tabletop. These guys are both nut jobs, creative thanks, man. freaks. Yep. So thanks a lot for showing up, you guys.
2: For sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's It's thanks, really, man. it's awesome to be here because already you're stirring a different part of us than what we typically use on like interviews and stuff. And I love Runehammer. I love what you're doing because it's the best kind of friendly challenge. Like you challenge us to be better writers, better thinkers, more inventive. And so I feel like we're getting the better end of the deal here.
0: Dang. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Definitely. So to get started – and, you know, all these questions just kind of go to both you guys. And you can just kind of, I don't know, just be your own selves. But sure. the, the first thing I'm curious about is you guys exist both independently and as a hive mind. Um, and, and there's four of you all told. So I'm talking to half of the hive mind right now. But for me, as a more sort of solo creative person, I'm really curious what the the dynamics are that get you guys on the one hand started and then on the other hand finished. So do you begin like in a sort of solo mode and then work together to refine? Or do you begin as a hive saying, this is what we agree we're gonna make and then independently refine and repair? Or what? what's the whole method there between the beginning and the end? Cause to me, those are the two like clutch creative moments is like, what am I gonna do? And then finishing it and making it really good. And how do you guys work as a group or independently to get it to get it done?
2: Well, I want Barker to answer this, but I will say yes to everything you just said.
1: <laughs> yes to all of it. But it's the I was I was gonna say I was gonna say it's the 19 people that Tim keeps in his garage to uh, put out the books for us. The <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, it, it, okay. So I'll start. I'll kick it off. I'm the kind of person that. Uh, If you tell me to draw a spaceship uh, versus if you draw me to, uh, if you, excuse me, if you tell me to draw a spaceship using only triangles, I'm the kind of person who will draw you a better spaceship. If you give me that limitation Mm -hmm. of only triangles and I'll probably get it done faster. And I feel like when it comes like personally with me and Tim, I'll say, Hey man, uh, what about this, this, and this? And then he'll say, Oh, I had an idea that was kind of like this, this, and this. And then I'll take that and I'll run with it. That's, That to me is drawing the spaceship using only triangles, making a little bit, sending it Tim's way or sending it Matt's way or sending it James's way, everyone's way, and then have them bounce it back a little bit more complete. Uh, That is not, that's how I work. I can't really speak for everybody in Abtab, but I think that our, our, the stuff that we put out, I think reflects that. I think not only in the writing, but I think in the design, it's like, hey, we're bouncing ideas off you, the reader, so that you can then take control of whatever ideas you want and disregard the ideas you don't want and, right. and run with it. And so I, I feel like – so yeah, I think that the way that we write and the stuff that we write are linked in that So if you guys
0: way. have something sort of pop up as, as can happen with being creative, like even something big and chunky like this next book is going to be about this frozen guy. All right? That, that right there is a huge – um creative moment to me like that's a big decision that cuts out lots of other things you're basically saying hey let's make a kind of a cold book and and so yep how did that just to be specific that exact moment happen is that just the four of you sitting around like shooting the shit or was it one person said oh my god i want to make like an ice book like like sure. what what happened
2: so um th- for particularly oath of the frozen king it is it's not as like cool and inspirational. It was more that I had the idea for the adventure kit. And this is one of those things where sometimes you have to just make something and it is unceremonious and you need to be okay with it being unceremonious. And the light doesn't have to be perfect and the Lord doesn't have to speak to you. It's like sometimes you just make a creative decision because you need to make a decision in the moment to keep the book going. And that's okay. And so I want to tell that to everybody. Just pick something and and move on. You can always change it later. Right. The only reason why it's Oath of the Frozen King is because we have some good friends at Heroic Maps. And we work with them. I needed a map to start the concept going. (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. Boom. First one that came up, there were like three. I was like, oh, this one's cool. It was called something like Tomb of the Frost
0: Queen. Oh my gosh.
2: (laughs) So I go, oh, cool. We'll start with this. This is where the map will go. And then when I had to make the front matter, because we outline our books on Google Drive, I had to title it something, title the folder something. And I was just like, "Um, Oath of the Frozen King. (laughs) Well,
0: that's so, that's that's awesome because it's so lightweight. I mean, that, that is such a lightweight way to to just bumble your way into an idea, and then just like Barker said, like, "Oh, we're doing like ice stuff." Okay, yeah, I, that's I got it. some ideas on that front. I'll do some right. things. And then it was everybody's
2: <laughs> it was everybody's job to say, "Okay, we just wrote a check. Now let's make sure there's money in the account to cash it." Right? right, right, and make it cool. So that's how that came about.
0: Have you guys ever had that moment and and it it gets it sort of gets sort of quote unquote cut. You know, someone comes to the table and says, hey, you guys, I totally want to do this like octopus theme. And everybody's like, nope. (laughs) Uh,
1: For myself, personally, I don't know about you, Tim, but uh, maybe you have a more specific answer. I have one specific time begun a book and then realized halfway through that this this can't I got to make something else first. In, because to me, it's all about building the container that is the design of the book and filling it with the water. That is the roll tables and the text and the right. content and the art. And I realized very quickly, wait, hold on. This isn't the right container right now. We need to do something else first, right. at least for me. I don't think I've ever... I, personally, I think most of what Tim throws out there, I think is just awesome already. Same with Matt. And, and when it comes to the adventure kit... A lot has to be put in front of Matt and Tim in terms of why it looks the way it looks, why it runs as smoothly as it runs, why it feels the way it feels, and um, yeah, you know, I, I think it all kind of branches out of that. Uh, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other. I don't think anyone's ever put a roadblock. No, up, I don't though. think so.
2: Because okay, yeah, yeah. the first year of making books together was figuring out our creative shorthand and our vernacular and learning to trust each other. So yeah, that first yeah. year. There were a lot of questions. There were a lot of, hold on, wait, and I wouldn't call them arguments, but little <laughs> little speed bumps. Now, we all, un- we all understand and operate under the pretense, I trust you to make it cool. So mm-hmm. if you come to me and you're like, look, I got this crazy octopus theme, whatever, our sort of internal thing is, all right, cool, work on it, and when you got something ready to show us, throw it out there, or if you need help, you know, put a, we use this program called Ryke. It's like a to-do website. Yeah. Ryke me, show me the doc because we've learned to trust each other. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know what? We can make this octopus thing cooler than anything else we've ever made if we all just trust each other.
0: Right. And I think it's, it's, it's a fun answer yeah. to what seems like a very difficult problem that I think goes through a lot of people's minds when they're creating their next adventure or their next campaign or whatever is that their, their brain is kind of like the four of you and they, they get static between the pieces of their brain and that's what can keep them from getting done rather than just being, I love this kind of tale of like, yeah, actually I just pulled up a Google and hit that. I feel lucky button. And like the first image was this octopus. And I was like, oh man, I could do like a whole thing about this giant octopus. (laughs) It's just so. Yeah,
1: dude. Or you know what? No, let's turn it into a spider. No, wait, let's turn it into a mechanical spider. Oh no. And it's like, I mean, yeah. And just let it, just let
0: it happen. It's all, just let it be lightweight and have that trust between the parts of your brain that are, that are working on this creative problem. So exactly. Yeah. So that's my, my local news, uh, quality grade segue into our next little piece is, is on the, the segments of the brain. So, I'm curious sort of just as you guys worked on dead man's and you have probably a lot of work left to do. um, What's the, what's the comparative kind of breakdown of how much of it you guys are thinking about. I want to make mechanical things. And then there's just like, Ooh, I want to tell you about this creepy guy who's by this roadside. And he actually has zero mechanical anything to him. And and, and what goes on with your brain with that? Like, I, I like um, how Barker describes this sort of container. That, to me, is a sort of a mechanical way of thinking. It's like, I see these this nice layout, and it's going to lead you through concepts. Well, what are the concepts? I don't know. We'll do those in just a minute. That, to me, that's right, a very right, mechanical right. way of thinking. So, you know, do you guys segment that to you know to a guy? Or do you all work on all things? Do you do mechanical stuff first? Is it is it all just a big mess? Like, what's it like for you guys?
1: It's all yeah. a big mess. I would say it's all it's all a big. Mess. At, the, at the beginning, yeah. it is. You know how you got to clean your room and it feels like for the first two hours of cleaning your room, it's messier than it was when you started. And you're like, why am I even doing this? I, feel, you know, same thing. What comes first, Hank, the 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 container or the flowing water? It should be the container. Right. But no, with me, I'm like, no, let's tear open the spigot, right. flood the kitchen. I'll go grab a glass right. in the meantime. I'll you know throw it. We're throwing ideas to each other, and it is a little chaotic at times, but one thing we realized near the beginning of the process, it was during Horror at Misty Meadows, is that it is so important for each supplement to have a project lead. One person that's kind of like, that's where the buck stops. One person where if there's three ideas as to what the, what the lanterns in Misty Meadows should do, one person that at the end can say, no, this makes the most sense for the adventure, this is what's the most fun, and... Gavel sound. Let's right. Make
0: wow. Well, that's a, that's a huge statement for, for people out there who are doing like creative collaboration. I mean, sure. That's huge. That's like a, that's a hard rule you yep. can live by. And I agree with that rule is like someone needs to hold it right or wrong. They still, someone has to, so that everybody can keep moving.
2: Right. And having that trust, like I said, yeah. that's not something that you come by yeah. easily. It took us about a year to develop that. But here's the thing a four headed monster still needs to make one decision and having that project lead is the final call of like, I'm the visionary for this book, but I trust everyone and I make sure that their ideas get in there as long as it fits the tone and isn't something that's way outside. Um,
0: is there like really in- is there one oh, among you who is just ter- terrible at one piece of it? Like I know that I have things with where I'm making books. There are certain parts I'm just awful at. And so I need to seek out help and I need to find ways. And there are other parts where I just slay it. Like, I know I've got this. Do you guys have those kind of wonder twin complementarities or do you guys all work on all elements?
2: I feel like so. I feel like it's not that one of us is terrible at any one thing, but I feel like some of us are so good at it that it's better to say, can you do this part? Because I know you're really good at it. And so there's definitely a lot of wonder twinning um, where, like, Matt is the best editor among us, hands down. He's very familiar with the different styles, like Chicago style and and all that stuff. Like, I don't know that stuff. So I can write fine and it'll sound florid and good, but he can go through and with a scalpel delete five words and it's so much better. And I think everyone, and, and Barker, you can speak to this, but we all have very high ability levels in certain things so we just kind of disperse it that way and then fill in any gaps necessary
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah um uh my
1: my mom used to tell me if you're going to start a band make sure at least one person knows what the hell they're doing <laughs> like make sure that you're not just a bunch of idiots in a garage make sure someone knows their theory someone knows how to read music and that's how i feel about uh matt doing the editing i always feel like oh matt thank you you know I'm really happy that we have Matt there. I feel the same way about James and running the website. Uh, I feel the same way about Tim and communicating with a ton of different people. Tim, hands down, communicates with more artists, more writers, more layout, more designers than anyone else in Abtab. And it, it, it allows me to spend time, you know, making sure that the checkbook is balanced and making sure that we're we're not going crazy and making sure that we all understand we're on the right track financially. Right. So we all do have our bases, our positions that we play on the field. Um, but personally, I'm really bad at starting from scratch. I'm really bad at taking a blank sheet of paper and turning it into a, uh, a piece of paper right. for the text. And so I don't want this to always come back to the same place, but I'll make a table and I'll give it to Tim and Tim will throw in like a bunch of four or five, four to six or four to seven word items for the table and then I'll jump in there, and then we'll have a roll table. Right. right, it's all very complimentary like that. But at the end of the day, it's all about putting in the work and putting in work for what other people right. are. And rolling. let
2: me—I yeah. was going to say, can I just quickly walk you through a very practical example of exactly how we work? And this yeah. probably demystify the whole thing. So, I'm like, all right, guys, what I want is some sort of uh, system where you could roll and sort of combine items simply. So Uh sort of like a Numenera thing, and I want, so that's what I'll do. So what I'll do is I'll open up a Google Doc, and I will write a paragraph. It's a rough design goal. I want this system to be clean, simple, combining of items, and then I'll put a bunch of brainstorm stuff, okay? And I'll just have whatever. Then I'll share the doc when it's to a place where it's like a little bit here and there to give the guys enough direction, And then Barker adds five things. And there's no rules at this point. In other words, this is like a yes doc. There's no no at this point. Any ideas allowed. And then we sort of kind of cobble that together. And it'll sit. It'll sit for two weeks. And then I'll get re-inspired. I'll get another idea. And then I'll go back to the doc. I'll tweak it up. Well, now it's starting to take shape. So now I'll pass it along again. And then Matt and James jump in there. And Matt says, hey, from a design perspective, You should probably change this to a 3D6 table. Oh, if we do that, then we can change this. And we can, okay, boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, two months later, you have an alpha version of this system where it just went through these circles. But it always starts with an idea in some form. And it usually is very iterative back and forth before something's done.
0: I mean, it's interesting because both that example and the one that you said, Barker, about like, I have trouble facing this blank page and so I'll kind of throw a table together and then the, the parts come in. And I think what's interesting is actually, again, you guys are describing what goes on between the different pieces of a, one person's brain too. It's like, I kind of want blah in my game. Derp, I have no ideas, but I know I want z- flying zombies. Well, okay, so I'm gonna start a little document. I'm gonna write the words down, flying zombies. Okay, I just drew a blank, crap. That's all the further I got. And then a couple hours, I come back and I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe I can get some like some flight rules going. Uh, this doesn't really go on the first yeah, page, exactly. but it's got to be in here somewhere. And then you're kind of bloppity, bloppity, blop, and there's a bit of a mess. And then a week passes because you lose interest in zombies because there's too many movies. And then you see a good one and you come back. and And I think it's interesting that you guys do it as a group because for me. I do a very similar thing, but as, as a single person, but with a very similar flow. So it's, it's why I wanted to put this on my podcast is like, I'm always working to encourage people to, to see that it isn't amazing when you're doing this kind of work. You know, it's like Barker said, like, I literally wrote the letters or the numbers one, two, three, four, five, six. And the first one says sword.
1: (laughs) But, but you know what? There is magic in that 2 hour break that you take away from the thing right from the sword there is some sort of magic that exists in that 2 weeks that you are away from the project from the music project from the painting from the the rpg book that you're writing and then when you get back to it it's like whoa why didn't i see right. this yeah. before or it's like it's brand new it's it's yeah i mean the the going
0: term that i know for that process is called preconscious thinking which is uh, actually your conscious mind is so busy with so many things it's relatively ineffective at being creative, but your preconscious mind is so free to focus on strange problems, it can come up with all these wild solutions, but not when you're actively working on them. It's just like when you, you're trying to remember that song, and you cannot remember the name of the damn song, and then you go and you're like washing your butt in the shower, and bang, there's the name of the song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can we can we talk about Dead Man's Guide? Because that's how the book is written—not while you're washing your butt in the shower, but like that that kind of meeting you that halfway sort of point. The whole the whole creative design around that is exactly
0: as you're right, describing right. here. So that's awesome, and I, I think that's another one that that's a huge sort of um, uh, anchor stone that you can put on a creative technique. Is one get that project lead in there, and then two use that break like. Do not see the break as you not being able to do it. You, you are utilizing the break away from it. That is a, a, a skill you have as a creative person. You need to walk away from your work, not let you're failing at it. Like, I just can't get this darn book done, which I think a lot of people beat themselves up about that. Like, I sure. should, I've been working on this adventure forever and it's just not getting done, you know? And like, well, just go have a cheeseburger.
2: Exactly. And barring the people that aren't working on it, because there are those people who don't, they don't sit in front of the keyboard. And, you know, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people you're talking about, which is the ones who are putting the work in. There's a method, and this is what I call it. I call it the bucket method. And this is how Absolute Tabletop works now, where, like, we're in the middle of finishing Dead Man's Guide. We've got all this stuff going on. But I probably have four or five other little buckets that I fill up a drop at a time when I'm inspired. Mm-hmm. That is a way to be productive. So if you have two hours to work and you can't afford to step away for the cheeseburger in that minute, because no, the kid's in bed, the wife's watching a show, that's when it's great to go, all right, zombie stuff's done. Now it's time to go on to my you know, card game, my deck, my, just for fun. I'm gonna write a yeah. couple of cards and having those just a drop at a time. And then the way we do it, when a bucket's about half full, Then I bring it to the guys. So before, when we would write books, they would be a blank canvas sort of from the start, and we'd all be very involved in what's going on. But now we trust each other enough so that I'll get a third or half of a book or Matt or Barker, and then we'll bring like half of a book to the table and just go, hey, when you get a chance, look at this. Mm Mm-hmm. So because I'm filling these buckets up a drop at a time, I could never do this if I sat to try to write a whole book. But if you do it a piece at a time, I mean, how do you, how do you eat a whale a bite at a time? It's that kind of thing.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. So let's, let's, let's eat that whale with our third piece here. Um, That's a good way to think. I I think especially for people who are just doing this hobby for fun, sometimes it can definitely feel like eating that whale. Like, you know, they do it for a couple of months and they lose that, that flair or that kind of romance and they can, they can spin off the side of the planet. So you guys have been talking about thinking about working on dead man's guide since last at con or probably a little bit before. So that's coming up on a year of work and that's, that's a whale right there. So, so for the, for, for sort of my listeners and for uh, all of us, other creative people out here that are setting out on these journeys like this, I, I guess I would just sort of want to leave it open to, to both of you. You know, what, how do you, how do you make it? What's the, uh, what's your favorite part? What's the hardest part? What's your big anchor stone? What's your tip? What's your, what keeps you going in it? How, how come, how can you make it? Cause I've also noticed, I feel like you guys' stuff just continually improves and, and that's a, a sign that you're, you're in it. You're not kind of showing up and leaving and kind of doopity do and, you know, la-di-da your way along. You, you guys are after it. And, you know, what advice or, or cornerstone or, or method or moment can you offer to the people listening, to the three of us, that could help them if they're on a similar journey? Because I think a lot of us are.
1: I'm a, I love the tangible, easy easily digestible advice that uh, we've been kind of talking about in this video. And I think write 1,000 words per day was the thing that jumped to mind right when you started asking the question, Hank, because that's a thing that I've recently started doing. And that shows you just how much you can do. And honestly, it's as soon as you start writing 1,000 words per day, you start realizing how few words that is. And how much you you know what the meter stick looks like? So now you know what a mile looks like. <laughs> 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 that was that was cool though. That was cool.
0: That was my uh, style. That's yeah, how I do stuff. Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and like you're saying, you know, you have people with the four different people inside of their brain, all doing these different jobs. You have someone writing while you're writing, and but while you're writing, you're still also editing your own stuff. And well, should you do that? I mean, Hank. Do, do you think you should? This is I, I've heard different uh, ideas from other people, but do you think you should edit your own work while you're writing, or do you think you should wait until the end I, I to wait. do any editing? See, and that is the best way to get those yeah. words on the page. You know, and e- give give each person in your head a little bit of time to 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 shine. Right? Don't don't make it too chaotic. And I think making sure that you get those words on the page is step one to be absolutely. I
0: mean, that's, that's also something that is, is fun as advice because it's not like, okay, I'm going to judge what Barker is saying right now. No, you're literally telling me you can sit down and write the word hot dog 500 times if that's what it takes, but that's doing it. You're, you're in there. And that when your forehead starts to bleed as another way that I've heard it described, then you're going to be a writer. It (laughs) it takes that much. Um, But yeah, I think, I'm going to take my turn before Tim and I know my rule Go already which is always measure miles in meters. That's
1: <laughs>
0: That is that is the anchor stone of my creative technique is like screw reason.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that is It's beautiful. It's so good though,
2: man. You're you're so good at that and I think James and I learned that early just working with you on Encounter Machine and other stuff it's like Whoa! We thought we were outside the box, but you—there's no box at all. We're, you're not outside the box. You're just in the ether, and it's—it's it's really inspiring, legitimately.
0: So,
1: uh, well, okay. How how do you how do we do that, Hank? How do we be more like you how, if we want to expand our box? How do we how do we do that?
0: Oh wow! How does well, Hank do that? I guess it would be. Oh man, that's hard to say. But uh, as a short answer, I would say make your. Well, I like to think of uh, um, attention deficit is a common term that we creative people struggle with. And I like to think of it as attention bountifulness or like too much attention. I'm interested in too many things. My problem isn't that I have a deficit of attention. And I think this is just a a mind shift that a lot of people need is like your problem is not that you're distracted. You are interested in a bunch of shit. Go find out about it. It's okay to do one thing for five minutes and then be like, no, I'm going to go be a motorcycle mechanic and then work on one bike for two hours and say, you know what? I like doing yard work. I'm, and then I like rake like one little pile of leaves and I'm like, screw this. I'm kind of, no, I think what I'm going to go do is write some poetry. There's nothing wrong with you. You are living a beautiful, bountiful life. And to me, that's how my sort of creative method is often sort of born up on these waves of crazy. Is that they they're coming from so many interests that I have that by the time I get to say the writing table or to work on an RPG or something, I just got like all this other wacky crap going on, and I and I want to bring it in. I want to <laughs> I want to see that. I want to I want to see it reflected in my work. So it's like um, I, I guess to get specific with it, since that was the nebulous answer, it would be like in my first novel, my character named Mud. Um, he's literally just, I was like looking out the window and I saw mud. I mean, it's that, it's kind of like when you looked up the maps and you saw this kind of frozen map and you're like, sure, I'll do a frozen book. Why not? It's, it's that, it's right there. And I think a lot of people have all this sort of out of the box stuff in their life. It's just, I don't think that at least in our culture, we are that encouraged to, to see it as, as bountiful and as right there we're encouraged to, to, To sort of, no, you're supposed to do it kind of like this. And like, you know, all these other people did all this other stuff. Maybe you should do it like them. And I think that's a very common message. Rather than, hey, if you look down and you see a dead bird, then that is something worth thinking about in different aspects in your life. Like, it's not like negative or something. It's it's just an experience you had. So like, just channel it all together into this wild sort of tangle of plumbing.
2: (laughs) I love that. And having created anything is better than creating nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's I that like thousand-word method, yeah.
2: Right, the greater sin is being interested in the motorcycles and being interested in this thing and that thing and being paralyzed, feeling aimless. It's like, no, just short control burst. You're an Uzi. Yeah. But be a great Uzi and yes. don't, not fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go for it. So, yeah. so, w- so
1: be- well, Because someday you're going to lose your chance, Tim. Someday you're not going to be able to write anything ever again. And you're going to have to sit there and think maybe, what have I written so far? And what am I leaving? So get out there and make sure that you have a place for all your writing, your little notebook, your little yeah. Google Doc, your yeah, little bucket.
0: Yeah, that's some Runehammer level talk right there. I like it. Yeah, yeah, live yeah. that life. Just eat it, it up more often. Suck this the marrow fun. from life, as I like to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so Tim, what what's your answer here? We've got the the thousand word technique. We've got the um, sort of tesseract bug eye, which is my kind of method. And, and what, what's your answer to this? Sure. So, to me,
2: I have one superpower, and so I'm not. I'm not the most creative, I'm not the best writer, but if I have one superpower, it's persistence. You might find someone as equally committed, but you will not find someone more committed to me getting it done <laughs> and what i what I like to do, and seriously in this I'm talking specifically to those people who want to do this professionally, so the hobbyists, right. you can look at mud for a second, but. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who are looking to do this professionally I want to tell you about a little game I like to call So anything you tell me that's keeping you from writing RPGs, I reply So Oh, but my wife just had another baby So Oh, but you know, I don't don't really get a full lunch hour So If you want to do this, you have to do it and that's the thing I feel like I've found I've done this through multiple life changes I just show up And as stupid as that might sound to some, that is the one thing I have over probably 90% of people in the industry is no matter what happens, I will show up, I will sit down and I will get the book written. If we could just get half the people to do that half the time, I feel like we'd have a lot more creators.
0: Hmm.
1: Oh, totally. And Tim is absolutely the hardest worker I've ever met and is, I think, would agree with me when I say... Beware the one who always has a reason not to do something. Who always seems like they're saying, ah, we shouldn't because or no, no, no. And especially, especially if that person is you. Especially if you're looking at that person. Oh, the, in the thousand mirror
0: every gavels. <laughs> the Beware thousand yeah! gavels. A thousand gavels, baby.
2: <laughs> and and I don't I don't want to come across any differently other than inspirationally. It's not an intent to push anyone down. It's to pull them up and say. This is the time. The, the way to do it is a schedule. And I guess that's probably more specific like you did. There was a nebulous answer. That's sort of my pep talk answer. But the, the specifics, I work a day job from nine to six. That time is someone else's. I make bricks for the Egyptians. <laughs> so I don't get that time. But from six till when I lay my head on the pillow, that is mine. And so they say that a rich man has money but a wealthy man has time, so be wealthy. And so from about six to, say, nine, my wife and my daughter are my world. They are 100% what I do. From nine to 10, my wife and I spend some time together. And then from about 10 till midnight or 1 a.m., I go to my second job and my second office, and I work. I do that five days a week, almost without fail. Saturdays, my full day off. I don't do any work on Saturday. It's just to relax and recharge, and then Sunday afternoons from about 3 to 6, I do Tabletop Terrors. I've stuck to that schedule for three years, and that's why we're here today,
0: for me me. <laughs> anyway. Man, that's interesting for, yeah. for my audience in particular because I often talk about the opposite, which is I cannot have any structure in my life or I am anathema to it. I, I can't. I just – like I am actually – if there's something I don't want to do, I'll write it on the board up on my wall. <laughs> and I will no. never do it I will look at that <laughs> stupid thing And I will just spite it I'll be like I am not, I'm not going to write that email No <laughs> you know, So I've learned That's to actually a- Sort of manipulate myself Because if I do schedule something I will come up with all manner of technique To not do it um, That's so interesting Well, and you, do you ever find
1: that you hate it? Like, like you, you're, oh man, I need this schedule. It'd be so cool if I were a scheduled organized person. And then the minute you start scheduling, you're like, ah, Uh, I I can't even imagine the
0: potential that could be unlocked. If I could do things on a regular basis, it would be incredible, (laughs) but it is not, I just can't. And the reason I want to say so isn't because one of us is right. But again, it's my, my, my constant battle cry to creative people, which is like, there's a million answers. They work in all different ways. There's no reason to beat yourself up about any of it. Just just know yourself. And like Barker said, don't be that guy who is you know, tamping out the flames. And if you're around those people, you might want to consider uh, dosing how much you're around them because that can become you too. You know, it's like Will Smith said, you know, find people that fan your flames. (laughs) We're really getting right, dude, into the quotations here toward the end. (laughs) I
2: know we super are. And and so I want to say something to that too, which is this is a big problem solving method of mine. If you're looking for a way, sometimes people don't know what they like, but people always know what they don't like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's never a question. So sit down and try one of these. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, tweak it until you like it, or try another one. Yeah. So just sit down and try all three of these this week, or one a week for the next three weeks, and figure out your way.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, that that's even Barker's 1,000-word method right there, which is like right. just the the act of sitting there and thinking to yourself, you know, is this kind of how I want to be? And like, do I want to work on stuff in this way? That's, that's, you just did like 70 words right there. You know, <sighs> so...
1: Yeah, I, I want to say, I want to throw out there, Tim mentioned buckets earlier, and I think it's so important to make sure that you have your buckets. I, I know that you've already talked about this, Tim, but make sure that you that 90% of your ideas don't die inside your head, because it, we never listen to the advice, You trust me, you don't remember everything you don't write down, we never listen to that advice, because we forget all this stuff we've forgotten, like, it's just, it's right. unbelievable. So as long as you have one journal that's always sitting in the same place, like you never move it, I have 90 journals. They are so everywhere. This, is, this, could be, this could be bad for you if you follow my instructions. So be cautious. Wade carefully in these waters. But really have your dry erase marker handy. Your phone, Tim, is uh, you mentioned Google yeah. Docs on your phone. Just make sure you've got the place to put the ideas when you're done constructing that container yeah, inside I your sure. head.
0: Sure, really agree. You gotta have your tools within arm's reach if if you really want to be a craftsman. You can't be like, oh man, I love flying zombies, and then you're like looking around. Nope, you'll find a sandwich. And when <laughs> you know <laughs> you once, once, once you've got that sandwich in your hand, especially if it's tiny, then you're gonna be disappointed, and the idea is gonna <laughs> disappear. <laughs>
2: 20 sandwich um and then you know what one of the one of the phrases we use in ab tab to to really because i we didn't mention this but we talk about buckets we shift projects in the middle of projects which probably sounds counterintuitive yeah i do that too but right because you we call it ginger between sushi right <laughs> you you've got to cleanse the palate so when i'm writing dead man's guide i need something else i gotta go what was the uh It's it's not the subconscious mind. What was the uh, oh pre conscious thinking? Yeah, right. It's sort of a way to stimulate that purposefully. Because when I go and I'm like, oh cool, let's see what do we got going on here. Oh cool, a new adventure kit based on such and such. Oh neat. Now I know what the dismembered lord needs to do. Switch back to the dock because I'm working on something else. So the ginger between sushi also helps us a lot.
0: Buckets. So, live, know ye well the buckets, O Prince. All right, guys. I think we have have delved so far that we must now find our way back up out of the dwarven mines and see the sun again. So, thanks again for stopping by. And uh, anybody listening, if you haven't checked out Dead Man's Guide on Kickstarter, go give it a peek. See if you're into it. It looks like it's going to be really cool. You guys have definitely kind of bumped the notch on your production value I feel like in that book of one more little step and it just looks really good the art looks fat so um thank you so congrats you know just on getting it made I know you're not done yet but when you look at the kickstarter you can feel probably what were some of the biggest hurdles for you guys to get that presentation to get that look that feeling of wanting it and all that kind of good stuff that that makes those books um keep the world turning so to speak so totally Thanks for thanks for showing up, you guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening to RPG Mainframe. And if you can make it up to Tacoma this summer and meet these whack jobs, play some games with us, then come on out to Atcon, look them up on absolutetabletop.com and all that good stuff, you know, the doodly-doo, as uh, Colville says. We'll get all the comments down on the post and all that. So thank you, you guys. You got any cool closing words for me? You got any weird noises, bird sounds? <laughs> <laughs> RPG <laughs> mainframe cell <laughs> 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 <Sad squid>. oh. <laughs>